think that everybody's forgot. Super important that we remember. First John 318 says that we need to love. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another installment in the Indie Nin Truth Ministries podcast series. I'm Logan. I'm Amber. And we are here to have a conversation today about faith topics, and today's topic is going to be about being covered in the blood. What does it mean to be covered in the blood? And Amber's going to lead the topic. So um, before we get into that, I just want to remind everybody that if you guys have prayer requests, praise reports, salvation reports, anything like that, you guys can reach out to us at indeedandintruthministries.org. You can get a hold of us at our contact tab. There's also an opportunity there if you guys want to. You guys can give, um, you know, and we strongly encourage that uh, because, you know, obviously, while there's a lot of things we can do for free, uh, keeping the website running and, you know, some of those day-to-day things, little things like that, um, events, all those kinds of things that people really enjoy. We have to have funds to do that. And so we uh, we fund a lot of that stuff out of our pocket. We would never ask some people to get involved or give or do anything like that. And something that we don't put our own time and money into. So understand, we're not asking because we don't do it. We do plenty of it. Um, we're just asking if anybody else wants involved, you know, that's there and you guys are more welcome to. Um, so I think that's pretty much it. You can also get a hold of us on Facebook and Instagram, uh, and um, if you need anything, you know. And um, I think I think that's it. I don't think there's anything else that uh, I can say that needs to go on that. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and turn this over to Amber. So Amber, go ahead and crack out your subject for. Uh, don't go through it all super fast. Just leave some room for discussion. Go ahead. Okay. So. Um, you asked me earlier what I wanted to talk about, and I, I, I said that um, being covered in the blood. You know, this week's devotion, if you've already read it, you probably have. Um, it, it, it's the same thing as being covered in the blood. And, you know, as believers, a lot of the time we find ourselves worrying a little too much. And the other night I was I was really worried about a lot of different things that really didn't matter, the, the politest way I could put it. And God reminded me, he said, you're covered in the blood. And I I thought to myself, well, what is what all does that exactly entail? So I decided, you know, dive in, you know, figure this thing out. Well, I have a list of benefits that you get just from being covered in the blood. So um, the first one is forgiveness, of course. And you can find that in Matthew um, 26 and 28. Uh, I, I don't, do you want me to read those? Uh, if you want to go through and read them, you can. I'm not going to tell you that you can't. Okay, well. It's going to take me a minute to get to all these scriptures. Matthew 26 and 28 says, For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. And then you've got Hebrews 9.22. One of these days, you'll get really good at... Uh, I know. I'm not, you'll get I'm not really good, good at, at pulling this. up scriptures while you're thinking about them. I do that a lot when I'm preaching. I'll be sitting there like, oh, hey, I need to have this next scripture ready to go. Uh, Hebrews 9.22 says, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with the blood, and without shedding of blood, there is no remission. So that's the number one, which that's like the most common one that most people talk about is the forgiveness 
you know, forgiveness of sins and the salvation and the redemption of that and the message of salvation for your household, which you can find in Acts 11, 14 and Ephesians 1, 7. I don't know if you want to read some of these or if you want to make me do it all. Um, actually, I, I'm not even set up to do some of that. So uh, what's the scripture that you're wanting to go over again? Uh, I've already got it. Acts 11. Acts 11, 14. I want to read it. I want to read it. 14 and 15? No, just 14. Just 14. And it says, Who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved? And then Ephesians 1, 7. Okay, before you move on, I want to I jump in and I want to inter- interrupt you. Um, I think it's interesting that you talked about that because I read through that and I was actually very impressed. And I'm not, I'm not an easily impressed individual. Um, I am very critical about anything. Uh, I don't care where it comes from. I'm just a very critical person. Uh, I, I, I'm very critical on myself. I'm critical on other things that I see. And I really thought uh, that your devotion this week was really good. Um, and so I want to add something to that because Zacchaeus was somebody, um, you know, and when you was reading it this time, because I read through, I was trying to read through it and look at your scriptures and stuff too, because very rarely do you organize it like that where you've got all these scripts. So honestly, if you would write your devotions like that more often, I would probably read them more often because it was was very, it was very, it was very like analytical. It was very like boom, 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 you know, points and presentation and all. I was like, wow, like I was kind of surprised. I didn't know you could do that. So I was, I was impressed. I really was. Um, you don't get me enough credit. So I was just thinking about Zacchaeus, you know, uh, because he climbed up inside of a tree right? and he, um, he, he was looking for Jesus and Jesus come by and he said today, you know, he said, come down from that tree. I'm going to come sup with you today. Uh, and he said, Lord, he said, if I've done any man wrong, you know what I'm saying? And, and really essentially I said all that to say this, he said, salvation's come to this house. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like his entire family was restored. Uh, well, when you when you think of salvation, you don't really think of it, you know, just for your whole house. You think of it just for yourself. When you get saved, like you think, oh, it's just for me. Well, it's for your household too. It says salvation for your household. So, I mean, it's not just for you, but it's also the redemption. You know, you get redeemed. You get, and of course, if you look up the word redeemed, it also means salvation and brought back to or. Um, you know, it's got a, a whole variety of meanings, but you get a purified conscience with the benefits of, um, of being covered in the blood. And that one, that one was, that one was a big one for me to read because, you know, purified conscience, when you really think about that, like, you know, your conscience is completely wiped clean. Like no, none, none of your past, nothing no longer exists. Well, you don't, God doesn't remember it, so why should you? And so what happens, I think, is when people get salvation and they don't really understand what it is that they've got, they they don't understand that, hey, there's a separate, you know, why was it that the old covenant didn't work? You know, why was it? And Paul actually wrote an entire book about that. So for anybody who likes to study material that we talk about, go and read all of Hebrews. You know, you re- if you weren't born a Jew, Hebrews ain't gonna make no sense to you. Right, uh, And that's just the reality of that book. And the reason being is because Paul wrote that book to the Hebrew people, to the Jewish people, and he was trying to show them from Adam all the way to Jesus how Jesus was a fulfillment of Scripture. That was the first thing he tried to show them. The second thing he tried to show them is how the Mosaic Law was a foreshadowing of things to come. 
and he was trying to get them to see that. And like you said, and out of Hebrews, he makes that comment. He said that there, he said that there was constantly a reminder, and there was all oh, without blood, there was no remission of sins. Right. Just because it wasn't Jesus's blood getting thrown out on the you know on the ground every single time, there was a requirement that blood, sin, wages of sin are death. Sin requires death. It didn't matter what it, who, but God gave them an out, right? He said, hey, you know, actually, he really can't even say he really gave an out because honestly, in, under the Mosaic law, if you sin bad enough or you caused, uh, you caused Israel to stumble or sin, you were drug outside the camp and you were killed. Right. Like, you, you were stoned. Like, it required a sacrifice. There had to be some kind of an atonement for that to take place. Uh, you know, so like what you're saying, um, conscious now. Conscious, you know, a man's conscience and a woman too, but I'm just saying it from a man's standpoint. A man's conscience can stain itself. Oh, yeah. To a place where I may not be actively involved in that sin anymore, but I always remember it. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that Paul talks so heavily about how adultery and fornication were these really, really grievous sins? Because it wasn't just the act in which you were performing, no. it was a sin against yourself. It was defiling you. Right. And not just that, but like I, I've made this comment to somebody before because this is how God put it to me. You know, when we do things like that, it is stuck in your head. And, you know, with with it being stuck in your head, you've got those images in there. And sometimes, you know, of course, the enemy is going to use that to say, look what you did. And he's going to constantly bring it up. And that brings me to my next one conquering satan by authority we have that authority over because of the you know the blood that was shed and being covered in the blood and you can find that in revelations 12 11 that we've conquered satan with that blood being shed well he said that you overcome satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony so there's two things necessary to break the back of the devil right and I, one of those things was given to you as a free gift right that's mm -hmm. salvation it's given to you as a free gift the other thing is the word of your testimony a testimony is testifying about the works of god Right. It isn't just about how you came into salvation, but about everything that God has done. He said, go and proclaim the works of the Lord. Right. So what does that mean to us? You know, our conscience being stained is something that, it, right, we stop. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I can't get past this one thing I did. You know what I mean? And the Bible tells us that if we confess our sin, that God is faithful and he is just and he will forgive it. And he'll no longer remember it. What did David say? David prophesied it in Psalms. He said, blessed is the man who the Lord no longer uh, would impute iniquity to, right? We could get into a whole conversation about iniquity and sin and how deep iniquity really runs and all that kind of stuff, but let's just, let's just keep it in. Uh, you looking for another one? Yes, okay. keep talking. So just let's just keep it in perspective. Um, you know, so but a, a conscious being stained like that stops you from being able to look at God. You know, when now when you go into your prayer closet where maybe before the act you weren't feeling so shameful about maybe things that were going on throughout the day, but now, you know, you can't sleep at night. Now when you try to go into your prayer closet and thinking, God, like I really want this thing to just separate from you, you know what I'm saying? Your conscience has been stained. But the blood of Jesus washes you. And when you truly turn from that and you repent and you you separate yourself from it and you no longer return to it like a dog does to vomit and you don't keep running back to that thing. Now your conscience can be cleared. Why is it that when somebody gets, when someone repents of something, you know, I'm one of those people, you know, I repent of something. I believe what the word said. The word said that if I'll confess it with my mouth, he's faithful and just to forgive. If uh, Jesus said, where's what well, we all know that there's one surefire way that we're not getting into heaven and that's with unforgiveness in our heart. So I try to make a habit and as hard as I can uh, to, to be forgiving to people because as long as I'm giving forgiveness i can reap forgiveness you know what i mean right so it cleanses our conscience and it puts us back in a place where we're like okay god 
I messed I up. I was about to say, I, I just pulled that scripture that you're um, talking about. It's, a, it's in 1 John 1, 7 through 9. It says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ. His son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, I looked up the word unrighteousness because I was just really curious. Unrighteousness literally just means sin and wickedness. So he cleanses us from all sin and wickedness. So I thought that was super interesting because most people are like, oh, it's just sin. It's just sin. It's just sin. That's why they tell you not to be self-righteous because if you're going to be self-righteous, you know, you're already putting yourself right back into that wickedness because you're thinking about self first. Go ahead, keep going. I, 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 I was all I had on it, you know, and 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 that's what I wrote down is, you know, he cleanses us of all sin and wickedness, and he gives us grace and peace in that. And you can find that in First Peter one two. It says, hold on, I highlighted it so it would make it easier. First uh, Peter one two. It says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification and the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace is multiplied. So I, I love that, that it's multiplied. So you don't, you know, I, you could have somebody who's done some of the worst things and the moment that they reach out and they ask for salvation, that blood's already covering them. That grace is already there. Y'all going to get real upset and offended when you guys get into heaven and find out what kinds of people actually made it in there. Oh, no kidding. Think about it. I mean, seriously, because the Bible tells us that uh, we, well, we have an understanding. Uh, let me say it that way. I've never really studied this out myself, but we have an understanding that, uh, you know, God fights for you till you take your last breath. And, and, and all it takes is for you to call out on him. And if you call out on him, he has no choice but to respond, you know? So I think it's really important that, uh, oh, wow, my mic's peaking hard. Um, I think it's super important that we make sure that we really look at, uh, sorry, I got sidetracked there for a minute. It like, it really peaked out. Um, not taking it out of the recording. Y'all just gonna have to deal with our, our technical difficulty situations, but, uh, go ahead. I was going to say that brings me to the next one and says we are sanctified and we have the confidence to be able to enter into holy places. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is when that's one of them I stuck in there that I didn't write down on here, which I should have. You know, it says be it's in Leviticus. I know that much it says be ye holy because I am holy. And, you know, in, in Hebrews ten nineteen it says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter, enter into the holiest of places by the blood of Jesus Christ. And then it also says, therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood and that he had suffered outside the gate. You know, so I thought that was super interesting because of what you were just talking about right there and being holy and being set apart and in that sanctification because of what Jesus had done. And of course, you've already said this one was the new covenant that was given, you know, and, and the old covenant being passed away. You know, the biggest thing that Jesus wants from all of us, of course, is to love one another. It brings us closer to, you know, and also the other only other couple things that I have on here that I did not, we didn't really touch on was, you know, we're healed. We're closer to God and he has secured the church. 
Those are the only other three that I have. So, so if you are somebody who's listening to us, um, well, I can't even tell how long we've actually been recording. That's a problem. Uh, if you're somebody who's been listening to us, um, and this is you know something that's kind of reaching out to you, you know, understand that there is forgiveness, there's cleansing, uh, there's there's something there for you. Uh, just like there's there for everybody else, you know, and I know the first step that everybody deals with is making the decision. Look, if you can make a decision to accept Christ as Lord and Savior, then you've already overcome the devil. But then there does come new requirements. There does come new things that now you are going to have to step in and you're going to have to go after and you're going to have to pursue God for for your life. Um, you know, we all are going to grow differently. We're all going to mature differently. Uh, but that does not make an excuse for us to not mature and grow. You know what I mean? We, we, I've, I've seen some people use that to their advantage and say, oh, well, I'm just, I'm growing at God's pace. Well, I get you're growing at God's pace. But God, I, I'm, I'm familiar enough with God's pace that, you know, God has some expectations after some time. And, uh, you know, at some point you got to quit drinking milk. But we're not going to get into that right now. We're just going to talk about those of you who haven't even started on the milk. You know, God, he wants relationship with you. And I know it sounds tough because it's like, well, how am I supposed to be holy? I've got this going on in my life. I've got this going on in my life. Blah, blah, blah. Well, Jesus can fix that. He's not asking you to fix anything before you get to him. He's just asking you to get to him. And then he'll help you fix the rest of it. You know, and I don't, I don't, <clears throat> I don't see God as being this person who just, you know, he's not looking for a reason to beat you up and, and hammer you down and do all that kind of stuff. You know, even when you were in complete opposition of him and you were an enemy to him, he still gave his son up for you. You know, how much more, how much more does that, you know, think about that. If you're a parent and you listen to us, you know, would you give your son up for the person who just, you know, beat, murdered and did all this stuff to a family member of yours? But, you know, if the Lord spoke to you in the middle of the night. An angel came and said, hey, if you'll give your son up, I can redeem all the world with him. Like, you going to do that? I doubt most people would. So, but that's, I'm just trying to paint a picture. That was the right. kind of love that God had for you. That is the kind of love well, even that God as, had. As a mother, you know, even as a mother or father, you know, even in general, you know, giving your own child up in general, knowing what's about to happen, knowing, you know, that that's what they're called to do, that alone is already going to scare you. I mean, most parents, they already get scared when, you know, their kids go into the military or something, you know think of knowing that your child's going to the military and you know for a fact they're going to die like you know for a fact what's coming to them and you have you know that it's going to be something that's going to cause good for the whole world it's not just for you but it's for everyone and you know that it's going to reconcile something that is so pure and so beautiful i don't know when i think about that you know the only thing i can think about is when when I first came to Christ, of course, you know, I was I was very suicidal. Like I I didn't want to live and you know, I didn't want my life. So I gave it to somebody else who wanted it. He wants your life. He wants to use you and and turn your life around as Romans eight twenty eight, which is one of my all time favorite strippers scripture, it says he turns all things around for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose and plan. So you know, all I have to do is love him and he's going to continue to turn everything around for me. I want to make a comment about something you just said. You said God wants to use you um, and he wants your life. But understand, while he wants your life, he wants it for a purpose. Well, yeah. It's not a shot in the dark kind of thing. So don't think that, oh, well, God just gets my life and I get to keep on doing what I want to do. No. That's not how that works. You know, if I buy a TV 
and the TV doesn't work and do what I want it to do, what am I going to do with it? You're going to send it right back. I'm either going to send it back or I'm going to get mad and break it. Well, I hope you don't break it. But <laughs> I'm I, just I, being I don't honest see God with you. breaking us, but think about it. Think about it. Right. The actually, no. The Bible says that uh, um, whosoever that this uh, rock falls on will crush into dust, but whosoever falls on the rock will be broken. What do you think Jesus was talking about? Don't think for a second that if he has to bring a hammer of judgment down on your life because you refuse to been broken over him. Don't think that he won't break you. Right. You know, I, I talked about this to the kids recently um, because we had a conversation and they made a comment about murder. And he says, you know, broke one of the Ten Commandments. And I just stopped him. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, let's, let's, let's put this in perspective. It's like, what do you think murder is? And, you know, we had a conversation. I said, so you're telling me that every soldier who God give a God, he's given him a God-given talent with a gun to defend your country, to defend those that, he, that you love? The ones that he loves, you're telling me that every time he has to kill somebody, it's just murder and, you know, his salvation's gone now? I said, is that what you're trying to tell me? I said, actually, I said, we could even take it a step further and we could look at all the armies of Israel and all the people that they wiped out under God. God told them to go do it. What did he say? He said, you're going to kill the men, the women, and the children. You're not keeping the animals. You're not keeping anything. You'll burn the whole land with fire. A.A. Allen, and I told them the same thing. A. A. Allen preached a message, and I would strongly encourage if you, <laughs> you you want to you want to get into that topic, go ahead and go listen to that message because I'm telling you what he said. Uh, the message was called "God Is a Killer," and he goes from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, and he shows you God does not senseless murder and violence is just the Lord is not pleased with those things. But understand. Uh, there obviously are areas, um, we understand this, right, that there are um, principalities and those types of things, and those things are ordained of God for who? Are they for the, for the lawfully abiding or for the unlawfully abiding? Right. You see what I'm saying? So if there are things outside of your reach and your military power has to deal with it, you see what I'm saying? And then you've got people that are police power, they have to deal with things and judges and so on. So all these things come out of a realm that was ordained by God. But if you're somebody, obviously, who abides within the law, what do you have to worry about? You know what I mean? So just, and this is the same concept. So being saved, getting redemption, it all comes in a, in, in a in, in almost in a box, I would say, maybe not quite a great analogy, but, you know, hey, it's, it's for a purpose. God's got a purpose for you. He has something he wants to do with you. You can't just throw it off to the side and think, oh, well, I'll just keep right doing. Okay, maybe you can keep right on doing what you're doing. But actually, the apostles looked at everybody and said, there was a time when God winked at these things, but now he demands that all men everywhere repent. That was it. There's no longer, you know, God God wants relationship with you. But whether you Well, the like whole point not, of salvation was so that we could be closer to God because there was a time where that was stripped away. And for you to be in that closeness with him is you have to have that salvation. You have to be covered in the blood. You have to. Well, what did it say in the end of revelations? Right. Whoever was written in the lamb's book of life. There's only one way that happened. I seen a thing the other day. It was talking about, it said 
said, I want to be one of those people that when I get to heaven, God goes, you know, I want to talk to God so much that when I get to heaven, God goes, now there's a familiar voice. I, I want to be that person that when I get to heaven, he says that to me. I want him to be able to say that to me. I doubt he will because the I Bible tells say us that, that he's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, or depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never I'm knew gonna, you. I believe he's going <laughs> to say, wow, you talk a lot. And I'm going to say thank you. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't talk a whole lot, but when I'm talking to my God, I spill it all. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. But, uh, you know, I hope I get to be there that day. That would be funny. You're like, see, Lord, see what I had to put up with for however many years I was on the earth? I don't talk to you that much. Quit playing. No, because I hide. I hide in various places. <laughs> I go to one room where you're not. And then you, like, follow me and talk some more. I do not. I do that to you a lot, though. I was about to say, that's more like reverse <laughs> roles. I'm the quiet one. He's the one that's always talking. So, um... I don't know. Is there anything else that you want to add to this? Um, the only other thing that I have written down here is Romans. If you're wanting to learn more about the covering of the blood, the book of Romans is really, it really, really is good for talking about that. And, you know, talking about that reconciliation with Christ and what Jesus did on the cross. And it, and it talks a lot about the righteousness that was received by what Jesus had done on the cross. So I, I suggest that if you want to know more about that and you really want to go in depth with it, to go look at the book of Romans and just really Well, it's something study else it to add to that. You need to get a revelation about what righteousness is. Righteousness puts you back in right standing with God. So now you can eliminate the need for your conscience to be stained anymore, which is essentially the epitome of everything we've talked about so far today, is that you now have a right to go before the throne because he paid the price for you to be able to do so. So if that's the case, I just want you guys, uh, if you're listening for the first time, you don't, you're not saved, backslidden, whatever it is, I want you to just repeat this prayer with me. And I just want you to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, today I just ask for Jesus to be Lord and Savior of my life, that from this day forward you would help me live for you. And Father, I just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you or somebody who said that, we want to know about that, please. We just want to celebrate. We're not looking to make a statistic out of it. We just want to celebrate. And so I'm going to let Amber pray us out. And then... Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this word, Lord. And we just thank you for what your son has done on the cross, Lord. We thank you that we are covered in the blood. And that we can walk in these things that were spoken today, Lord. And we just give you praise for it. And we just we just ask, Lord, that everybody is blessed as they go this, this week. And that you would just continue to pour out on them. And we just give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Hey, join back in with us next week. And we will have another topic. Take care. Amen.